0: Online at KFUO.org.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Concord Matters here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. We're coming to you live on this Tuesday, June 19th from the studios of KFUO here at the International Center of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod in Kirkwood, St. Louis County, Missouri. I am your host for this program. I'm Pastor Charles Henriksen, the pastor of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in bontere, Missouri. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the sacraments, and um, we invite your participation in the program. Our toll-free number all across North America is 800-730-2727, again, 800-730-2727. Locally here in St. Louis, the number is area code 314-821-0850. Again, 314-821-0850. You can also email us your comments or questions. Our email address, kfuo at org. We got Kip Allen uh, manning the uh, control board here today and in the studio with me, guests who've been on here before, uh, first of all, Pastor Mark Sell from Our Savior in Fenton. Welcome.
0: Well, great to be here, Charlie. Good to see you again. All right, and what's going on at Our Savior's in, uh, in Fenton? Well, I know a lot of people think that during the summers things slow down, but uh, not at Our Savior. We have a summer camp for children from two years, two years old on up, and uh, with you could pay daily or weekly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got about 35 children in that summer camp. And they just do all kinds of fun things. But uh, there they is all... a little Jesus in there, too. Absolutely. I was just going to make that <laughs> point. Our teachers from our school, they spend 40 minutes every day going over a Bible lesson with the students, all with right. the, the children. So they have a great time throughout the day and get some Jesus in there. And there then go. then the other thing is we are on KFUO. Every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. Our whole service is planned. Uh, we've got the um, bugle and drum corps from the Marines that are going to be in town over the next couple of weeks. And we've got uh, a trumpeter who's going to be in town. He well, he's retired from the symphony. Okay. here in st louis um so we do a lot of special music through the summer and of course always focused on god's word in christ crucified i want
1: our listeners to know here at kfuo the worldwide messenger of good news that uh, if you're sunday mornings if you're traveling if you're not able to get to your own congregation that i know that the the station carries two services, an early service and a later service uh, over different months, and so our Savior Fenton is doing the later service now. Correct. 1030. During these months. Good. All right. And then uh, also in the studio with us is Paul Langgraf. And tell us where you're the pastor, Paul.
2: Uh, two small church- churches between here and Jefferson City, uh, Drake and Freedom, two small towns. But they're uh, excellent churches, very supportive. Uh, and Jesus
1: shows up there, too.
2: Yes, he does. Yes, he does, even in the country. And both are celebrating their 150th anniversary this year. So we wow. had special service June 3rd and we'll, at the one church, and we'll have another one in September. All right. The other one.
1: And uh, gentlemen, let's all give the email uh, or not email addresses, the website addresses where people can find out more about our churches. For St. Matthew Bonter, it's St. Our Saviors,
0: our Savior L C S, our Savior L C S. dot org.
1: And any for either of your dual right,
0: chairs. we both have
2: websites. It's Pilgrim and then stjohnlutheran.org. John Lutheran.
1: We appreciate uh, the local pastors and pastors elsewhere being guests on our program, so we always want to give them opportunity, uh, since their churches are allowing them to be on the program, uh, to uh, say something good about what's happening at their congregations. Well, today, as I say, we're going to be taking up the matter of the sacraments, and uh, we're in the apology of the Augsburg Confession, which is the defense of it. Uh, after the Roman Church, the Vatican, uh, came out with a confutation of the Augsburg Confession, in which they um, said they agreed with some things, but other things they said they they rejected. And so now in the Apology, the Lutherans are coming back with their defense of what they have uh, believed, teach, and confessed, uh, believed, taught, and confessed. And the author of the Apology is Philip Melanchthon, uh, Luther's right hand man, his younger assistant. And so, uh, we'll be referring to what he writes here in the Apology. But in the, um, Augsburg Confession itself, the article to which the Roman Confutation was reacting was Article 13 in the Augsburg Confession. And that's brief. And so I'll just read it so we know what, what is being reacted to. So in the original Augsburg Confession of 1530, Article 13, the use of the sacraments, it says, Our churches teach that the sacraments were ordained not only to be marks of profession among men, but even more, to be signs and testimonies of God's will toward us. They were instituted to awaken and confirm faith in those who use them. Therefore, we must use the sacraments in such a way that faith which believes the promises offered and set forth through the sacraments, is increased. Therefore, they, namely our churches, condemn those who teach that the sacraments justify simply by the act of doing them. They condemn those who do not teach that faith, which believes that sins are forgiven, is required in the use of the sacraments. So that is from the Augustana, the Augsburg Confession. Then uh, in 1530, later that year, the Roman theologians came out with their confutation of the Augsburg Confession. And then in 1531, we get the apology of the Augsburg Confession, in which uh, Melanchthon and the Lutherans are defending what they wrote over against the objections of the So are you
0: saying they apologized after they did the confession and now they're sorry for it? It's an apologia an apology oh. as you well know Mr. Sell. Uh, oh I know I just gotta, <laughs> just got to kind of make the point that's all Yeah it's
1: actually the opposite of saying oops it's saying yeah we we're doubling down on it here We're
0: dead serious about it
1: Yes and we're explaining it in greater depth over against the objections All right so now that's uh, our background here we get into the apology Article 13, the number and use of the sacraments, and uh, we'll probably not get the whole thing in today, but maybe we can at least get the uh, number of the sacraments, how many there are and what criteria we use. So I'm going to read a little bit uh, of the uh, Apology at a Time. We're using the Reader's Edition of the Book of Concord, Concordia, the Lutheran Confessions, published by our publishing house, CPH. And I'll read paragraph one and then ask our guests about that. In Article 13, the adversaries, which is a reference to the Roman confutators, in Article 13, the adversaries approve our statement that the sacraments are not just marks of profession among people, as some imagine. Rather, they are signs and testimonies of God's will toward us. Through them, God moves the heart to believe. All right, so what does it mean here, Pastor Langrath, that the sacraments are more than marks of profession among men
2: well the when when jesus sets up a, a this the sacrament this the sacred act it's it's the i would think they should emphasize that it's it is certainly what god's will is is doing what what jesus the really the will of god made flesh He's come to us, and he he wants to give us this message, yeah and it's not just uh well what should we do to to other people it's this is about Jesus started it all
1: so it's not just uh, uh what man is doing it's God is actually doing something in the sacraments is that right pastor self exactly the uh
0: the sacraments the 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 word itself is it means holy things it's uh from latin and they they preferred to use the the latin word rather than the greek word the mysteria the the mysteries Uh, and Lutherans grabbed hold of the holy things. And so sacraments are holy things that God himself has given to us. So for us Lutherans, it's there's no option as to whether or not we want to celebrate the sacraments. These are the God-given gifts that actually bring to us his eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. And just as a side note, um, I was named after the Marks. Of the church. Mark Cell? So. Uh, uh, no, no, not no. buying it?
1: No, no, I no, think it's okay. more St. Mark or okay. some family member. Oh, okay, all right. The noti ecclesia. So actually, there's a point here. They are, in a sense, marks of profession among men, among people. They they show uh, what we profess, uh, that we're professing Christ's. Uh, sacrificial death for us in the Holy Communion or that we're professing that we're buried with Christ but it's more than just our act of uh, showing forth something which is maybe what the uh, non-sacramental people uh, kind of believe it's like an ordinance, we have to do it, there's some command but it really does it's God isn't doing anything it's just our act is that a common belief in many churches today? That that it's just our act of showing
0: forth something of what we believe, either one of you? A lot of churches really do um, look at it that way. Um, uh, if you want to take for shorthand the difference between Roman Catholic, Lutheran, and Reformed, the, the whole history uh, of the Reformed faith is that they are just things that you have to do. Okay. you just have to i do mean them. jesus
1: said it you got to do it
0: right but and it's
1: our act and god isn't really doing anything there
0: e- exactly and and just one other quick comment about uh the marks of the church i kind of refer them to uh if you want to go get a burger king and you don't want a mcdonald's well you know exactly what sign you have to look for you don't right. go to the golden archers you go To the logo of Burger King.
1: Now, what if you want a pancake and they've changed the name to Burgers, uh, International
0: House of Burgers? Well, that's just wrong. Do they
1: still serve pancakes? I don't know. (laughs) All right. Uh, So the sacraments are, the point he's making here is God is doing something in the sacraments, not just a man's act of what we're professing, uh, and also that they... uh, that God is actually moving people to believe to have faith we 've said that the sacraments require faith, but the the, the 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 secret here is that in the sacrament itself, God is producing faith.
0: Well, the text says that they are signs and testimonies of god 's will toward us, and that 's why I made the point earlier is that is that you know exactly what god 's will is. And those are the marks of the church, the sacraments themselves. Mm-hmm. So you, if you're worried about whether or not God has given you faith, look to your baptism. If you're worried about whether God forgives you, look to the Lord's Supper and go there and, and receive that forgiveness. Paul, how
1: can, how can the sacraments actually generate or move hearts to believe, generate faith or move hearts to believe? What is it about the sacraments that can instill and, and nurture faith?
2: Well, uh, when you say the word faith, the people have a lot of different definitions, don't they? Well, I want to hear yours. Uh, knowledge, and you th- you think of knowledge. You think of uh, emotional will or assent, and and really, where, when we see what the, the use of faith in the scriptures, and it's uh, and and a lot of churches don't get this, like you were saying, but it's it's really can define it as a gift and it's it's something that we can't put in a category or or this is knowledge or this is this is a scent this is some emotion it, let god defines the the term and and let god set up what he can give and so that's why we can baptize a child and welcome into the the membership of the church because we're we're trusting in god's word
1: all right there you say, that was what I was looking for god's word is what actually we have faith in, but God's word is powerful and creative, and actually produces the faith that it that it calls for. All right, let's go on to uh, paragraph two. I just want to read the first sentence here in paragraph two, because it, it requires here a little uh, answer. But here they ask us to count seven sacraments, and the the they there is the Roman Catholic theologians it says. But here they ask us to count seven. Sacraments, Pastor Sell. Uh, what are the seven sacraments in the Roman Church?
0: Ooh, this is on your seven uh, sacraments
1: systematics uh, exam.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you've got uh, baptism.
1: Let's use our fingers everyone yeah, a-
0: Exactly, baptism, baptism. Um, confirmation. And Mike
1: you can you can join in on this yeah. too. let's Confirmation. Try to, wait, well, hold on. Let's oh, get sorry. let's get the ones that the big ones first that we would all agree on. Oh.
0: Baptism. Lord's Supper, Supper and Absolution.
1: Holy Absolution. Okay, those three, and then they got right. four more.
0: Right. Um, then you have um, Last Rites. Extreme Unction. Extreme Unction. Marriage. Marriage. Ordination. Ordination. And you mentioned
1: one earlier. What did I mention, Paul? Confirmation. Oh, Confirmation. Duh. Confirmation. Yeah, right. So those are the Roman seven sacraments. And so Melanchthon is gonna take up these seven and show why we say some of these are sacraments, but not all are sacraments. And his main point is, it depends how you define the term uh, of sacrament. And we're gonna get to that. Um, All right. So those are the seven of the Roman church. And then he goes on in paragraph two to say, we hold that the matters and ceremonies instituted in the scriptures Whatever the number should not be neglected. Uh, Neither do we believe that it is, that it, neither do we believe it to be of any consequence. However, for teaching purposes, different people do count differently, provided they still rightly keep the matters handed down in Scripture. The ancients also did not count in the same way. Paul, what is the point that Melanchthon's making here about the number of the sacraments or Mm -hmm. the things that are instituted in Scripture?
2: the 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 difference is what are the people understanding what are the what are the how are the people getting it when you define a sacrament differently you're going to end up with different numbers okay and he at the end the the goal is not to for there to be confusion okay and and with confusion can come doubt with come uh the lord does not want us to to bring people doubt so there
1: could be things in the scriptures that are instituted by God, but that we would not define them as sacraments in the same sense as, for example, baptism or Holy Communion. And we'll get to the criteria. for Marriage is a it.
0: great example. Of yeah. That.
1: And he's going to get to marriage yeah, here. Exactly. And so let's hold that thought till we get down. He's going to cover all of these uh, as to why it's a sacrament or not. All right. So let's we'll we'll hold that thought. But that is one that is instituted by God. And we'll get to that in a moment. So, paragraph three, uh, if we call sacraments, quote, rights, R-I-T-E-S, rights, if we call sacraments rights that have the command of God and to which the promise of grace has been added, end quote, it is easy to decide what are true sacraments. For rights, R-I-T-E-S, for rights instituted by human beings will not be called true sacraments. For human authority cannot promise grace. Therefore, signs set up without God's command are not sure signs of grace, even though signs perhaps perhaps instruct the unlearned or admonish uh, about something.
0: So, so if I say, I have my rights, Pastor Henriksen, I have my rights. Is that what you're talking about?
1: No, rights be more like the word ritual. Oh. Uh, the actions that we conduct in church. You know, we talk about the, the rite and the ceremonies so um, uh, the, the actions that we do in church that have a, a text attached to them, uh, that, that's what we mean by the rites, like sacred rites um, and so forth. Uh, yeah, so rituals is a similar word. All right, um, so what are the criteria, Paul Landgraf, that Philip Melanchthon includes in this quotation, in this quoted definition here?
2: So, so he starts out by being very clear. Rights that have command of God, the one thing, and then the other thing to which the promise of grace has been added. Those, those two things. If if you if you lose to those two things, you're going to start uh, getting different numbers again.
1: So, commanded by God, instituted by God, and then uh, a promise of grace of some benefit from it. Now, um, I mean, we've all taught. Catechism using, using the uh, Luther Small Catechism with the, the explanation in the back of the book. And uh, uh, I haven't looked at the brand new edition yet. I don't know if either one of you have. Uh, but the, the catechisms that I, that I learned and that I've taught give not just these two, but maybe a third thing as a definition of a sacrament, what criteria it meets. So you mentioned the command of God, instituted by God, specifically by Christ himself, and then the promise of grace. Um, there's a third criterion often that is uh, listed in our catechisms. Either one of you want to talk about that? Not familiar. Well, uh, that there's some, like with what distinguishes baptism and the Lord's Supper oh, physical versus things. a physical element. The element that uh, the word is attached to an element and it becomes a sacrament. So that's why sometimes we can't
0: Oh, don't tell our confirmation
1: classes. (laughs) I didn't state that. Just tell them, Henriksen didn't state the question clearly. (laughs) 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 You both knew that. So why do we sometimes count two sacraments and sometimes three, depending on that third thing? Either one of you want to handle that question.
2: Well, the 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 whole thing of of absolution where you're just having the words that you don't have the physical element attached so
1: yeah sometimes people might say that the the person of the pastor laying hands on the on the uh, con, the one confessing or the you know the the physical presence uh, of the the pastor standing in for Christ could count as a tangible uh element of it Uh, You could also see absolution as a return to baptism subsumed under that or as the ministry of the word. Any thoughts further on that, Pastor Sell?
0: No, but I think we can see why it can be confusing yeah you know so for example, if you take absolution and you say generally speaking, when you talk about the earthly elements of a sacrament, automatically you think water with mm-hmm. the Word of God, sure you think bread and wine with the Word of god mm-hmm. and and then you think absolution confession with and that's where yeah that um, sometimes uh, uh, um, s- people struggle with that. So then what is the earthly element? And as you mentioned, it's it, it, it's the pastor, or it's the physical word of God yeah, itself. And, and, being and, read, and we forget about the laying on of, laying on of hands, because of hands.
1: holy absolution in the confessions is envisioned as private confession, in which you actually are speaking into the ears of this particular penitent and laying hands on that person
0: right and 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 you know and then that kind of shoots us back around to oh wait till we get ordination laying yeah we're hand. gonna get laid on hands here. don't count there yeah, oh, yeah. oh, oh <laughs> shh, don't say anything about that now both of you mentioned uh, a couple of you mentioned this, this did i just poke the bear
1: yeah oh okay. the uh, latin and the greek terms all right so sacramentum one of you mentioned that's like sacred act uh, and actually uh, i think the background for sacramentum as i recall had to do with like a pledge that the Roman soldier would make to their Caesar, uh, sort of a pledge of loyalty and so forth. So the idea of a sacred pledge and in, in the sacraments, it's God making his sacred pledge and promise to us. I don't have either of you ever come across that background, the word sacramentum, a sacred oath or pledge.
0: Um yeah yeah and, and that's i a, a, and that's part of the comfort of the proclaimed word of god mm-hmm. uh, of the gifts that he's given you know and and that is that is where the uh, the absolute assurance that god is actually giving what he says he is giving the word does what it says it will do and so it is the holy things that god gives is his, that where you were going with he, that he keeps his fasting? promises yeah he the, keeps his he, promises his
1: pledge his promise to us in baptism in the holy he Supper. wasn't kidding yeah yeah and then the other term that you've mentioned is a mysterion, uh, in the singular mysteria, in the plural. And what is the idea of a mystery? We think of uh, Sherlock Holmes or ecu Poirot. But uh, oh. what, what is the, uh, what? It, how do we get the word mystery here to refer to the sacraments?
0: Well, I think it's because they are, it's not, uh, a mystery is often, in theological terms, things that are that are defined above our human reason. So they are. It is something that God gives that human reason is never going to figure out. It's, on its hidden. Own. It's hidden
1: from sight. It's hidden from human reason. That's the Greek word "mysteria," it means a hidden thing.
0: Exactly. And so, it, since it's beyond our human reason, we trust that God's word says it is what it is. So the mystery, if you will, like. And the common parlance mystery is like, ooh, we don't know for sure. Well, there is a hidden and we thing might in find a, a, find out. A mystery
1: story: there is something hidden that you don't find out till later. Exactly, the mystery
0: is revealed. Exactly, and and the, in the scriptures, but it, we don't want to go down that road, as Paul said earlier, because you don't want people second guessing and saying, "Well, I don't know if I really am forgiven." But it, it is the 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 work that God does that we cannot fully understand but by faith we mm-hmm. do receive Pastor it. Pastor
1: what is hidden in baptism or in the Lord's Supper? If somebody who was not a Christian walked into your church and saw you baptizing a little baby, so there's a guy pouring some water on a baby's head. What's the big deal? Right. Or they see you giving a little piece of bread and, and wine to people at a rail, what's hidden there?
2: Right, right. What that that often comes up in the back of people's minds, even sometimes with Christians. And we expect God to, if if this is the God Maker of heaven, or we expect big things usually, spectacular. Says so yeah, and then you're talking about little water, or or just a little to wash away sins, right? Right, a little a little cup, a little a little wafer. That Christ's
1: body and blood are there for our forgiveness. And
2: and what's what's hidden is His love. There, it's not not so much about power. If we're, if are all about power. Uh, this would be submission. This would be Islam, right? Mm-hmm. But it's about, it's about God showing his love, and that's wonderful Through wonderful these thing.
1: means, and, and the benefit is hidden from our sight. All right, we're coming up on our break, and uh, we do have a question from one of our listeners uh, that was posted on Facebook yesterday about confession and absolution. We'll come back to that after this break. You're listening to Concord Matters here on KFUO. Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Every day, things happen that affect the lives of Lutherans worldwide, whether it's mercy efforts to a disaster-stricken community, threats to religious liberty, or cultural trends. World Lutheran News Digest takes an in-depth look at one issue each week as I interview newsmakers and experts, while Sarah Golseth presents a quick look at the week's news. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 and Saturday at 9.30 on Worldwide
0: KFUO. Begin and conclude your day with the word that accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent. Morning Prayer at 7 a.m. and Evening Prayer at 5 p.m. Weekdays on KFUO, Christ for You Anytime, Anywhere. The broadcasts of Morning Prayer and Evening Prayer are underwritten by Lutherans for Life. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. Juneteenth, it's the oldest known celebration of the ending of slavery in the United States. On June 19, 1865, Major General Gordon Granger's Union soldiers rode into Galveston, Texas, with news the war had ended and that slaves were free. An announcement finally reaching the last slaves in the U.S. two years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation of 1863. In 1864, when a delegation of African-American people of Baltimore presented a Bible to Abraham Lincoln, they said, Mr. President, we present to you this copy of the Holy Scriptures as a token of respect for your active participation in furtherance of the cause of the emancipation of our race. Lincoln responded, In regard to the great book, I can only say it is the best gift which God has ever given man. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C.
1: We are back on Concord Matters here on Worldwide KFUO. We're talking about Article 13 of the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, the number and use of the sacraments. We... uh, have quoted here from Philip Melanchthon's article here where he says that the sacraments are rites that have the command of God and to which the promise of grace has been added. Uh, the Roman Church uh, says we should have seven sacraments, and uh, Melanchthon says some of these are not really sacraments in that sense.
0: Can I uh, ask a question? What? So, how would we define grace? Because well, I think grace is so terribly misunderstood. Exactly.
1: And, and we're going to get to this. The, it's a particular grace that is being offered and given in and through the sacraments. There are other types of gifts, grace given, for example, through marriage that are not the same. So again, I know that um, when you get this question in the in synodical catechism, you know, what are the criteria for sacraments, it talks about, you know, commanded by God instituted by Christ, that's one point, and the second in which the grace of God is offered and conferred, but it's a particular grace, not just that you'd have a happy life, but what kind of grace, Pastor Landgraf, is given in the true sacraments?
2: Well, it's the gift that God wants to give, of forgiveness of sins, life, salvation, that's... Forgiveness of
1: sins, life, and salvation. So so there are other things instituted by God... To which he attaches promises, but they don't deliver the forgiveness of sins won by Christ on the cross
0: and and uh if you do a deep dive into that grace thing it's also the to- it's God's totally changing his attitude towards us mm-hmm. instead of looking at us and saying, "You lousy sinner, let me list all the commandments. Well, no, he now has said, Oh, you're my beloved child. Mm-hmm. I am now your heavenly Father." There is no fear here. We're joined to Jesus. We're receiving Christ's righteousness. Yeah. And and so grace also carries with it that wonderful understanding of the loving, gracious father, the father who now will make everything work out for our best.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, Now, we had a question yesterday that was posted on uh, KFUO's Facebook page. Um, Well, let me read, first of all, uh, the next line here in paragraph four. Melanchthon writes, therefore, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and absolution, which is the sacrament of repentance, are truly uh, sacraments. For these rites have God's command and the promise of grace, which is peculiar to the New Testament, meaning the grace of forgiveness, life, and salvation in Christ. So he's counting baptism, the Lord's Supper, and absolution Uh, you know, penance, uh, properly understood, confession and absolution. And we have a question yesterday from a uh, listener, Jeff Honing, I think it is, H-O-E-N-I-N-G, if that's spelled correctly. It might be Hennig, I don't know. But he has this question for our guests. Please help me differentiate between private confession and absolution and the public confession and absolution at divine service. Is private confession for sins that are particularly burdensome and weigh heavy on the heart? Is private confession rare these days for us Lutherans because we confess and are absolved corporately Sunday morning? Then again, hearing we are forgiven never really gets old, right? Thank you. So that actually was more on our Article 12 about uh, penance and so forth. But since it comes up here under the sacraments, uh, Pastor Langriff, any distinction between private confession and absolution? And public confession, absolution, as we do at the start of the service.
2: Well, in in private confession, uh, when when you're talking to your pastor and you you have the chance to maybe say something you feel badly about, list a particular sin that you're sorry over, troubled by with with his ordination vows, he has he has promised never to divulge that, and if if. Uh, you would start saying your your sins um publicly um other people would hear that and they wouldn't have that <laughs> they wouldn't uh, be uh, be uh, held to that promise so the, the the sins confessed to him they'll go down with him in the grave mm-hmm. and uh that that is uh, a comfort also To have him put his hands on you when you say, I forgive you all. And not just, I forgive you these sins you mentioned. I forgive you all your sins. There may be one or two
1: in particular that you mentioned just to keep yourself accountable or ones that are particularly troubling you. Mm -hmm. So, So the forgiveness is for you in your ears and he's laying hands on your head. So you're absolutely sure that this is for you, spoken by Christ's representative.
2: It's a very personal thing. If if you haven't done it yet, it, it'd be something to something to try. Put on your bucket list, uh, yeah. to do maybe sometime.
1: So, what, in pastor in your uh, in your experience, Pastor cell is private confession. Although we say in our confessions we retain private confession. In your uh, experience as a pastor, do you think that? most of our lay people don't really do private confession
0: i i think people have this view of private confession uh, Leftover from their antagonism towards the Roman Catholic Church, it's too and Catholic. so therefore, I'm going to confession this Saturday. Leave me alone. I can't play baseball, yeah. um, or something like that. But I think private confession takes place very often uh, with the, with the pastor. But it's not in the what we would consider the right of private confession. But it is very often people will come in pastor, and it's usually in the form of pastor. You got a second? you got a couple minutes pastor so it's le-
1: it's not a formal thing it's more informal right saying.
0: and you lead and you lead them through help them through what's bothering them and then i i i purposely identified so is this a sin that god paid for is it a sin you know and they'll talk it through that way and then i will pronounce forgiveness well Mm -hmm. you are a forgiven child of god you Mm -hmm. you are forgiven well what christ didn't die for that sin he died for all of them except the one that's driving you crazy no he died for all of them and then actually forgive them their sins Mm -hmm. so i think i think in an quote-unquote informal way private confession takes place very often in a congregation but not in the ritual sense sense that um that we used to think of and then in general absolution uh i think that takes place uh, for our church it takes place in every church service uh Mm -hmm. we celebrate the lord's supper in every service and and so the the general absolution it becomes very powerful because at the same time we're all sitting next to each other and say yeah we're all losers and sinners here together Mm -hmm. we're part of the human race on earth which is why we repent of our sins
1: so god is rich in his grace toward us and we don't want to set the the general public confession absolution over against private confessional absolution they're both great they're both wonderful gifts exactly and uh but when the lutheran confessions talk about confession they're envisioning the uh, private confession
0: when I was a pastor in Utah I was there for seven years and um, we instituted private confession at our circuit meetings Mm -hmm. and it was really fascinating because it was incredibly awkward yeah because you are confessing to another pastor what you really don't want the circuit to know about
1: and think of that as a pastor then for your lay people right that they are coming and speaking to you and we have a friendly relationship with our prisoners, hopefully. And now they're divulging something to you that mm-hmm. uh, is something they're feeling and we, guilty we had, or ashamed about.
0: Yeah. And we had appointed one of our older uh, pastors who is very well trusted. And he was the confessor of the circuit. Uh, yeah. Dave Fisher, as a matter of fact, he just retired. Okay. His name is Dave Fisher. And uh, so it was awkward. Um, so it was something that every, every circuit meeting, maybe two or three pastors would participate. Okay.
1: All right. So uh, thank you, Jeff, for your question about holy absolution. Moving on in Article 13 of the Apology, uh, let's see here, picking it up in the middle of Paragraph 4, when we are baptized, when we eat the Lord's Supper, uh, when we eat the Lord's body, when we are absolved, our hearts must be firmly assured that God truly forgives us for Christ's sake. At the same time, by the word and by the right, God moves hearts to believe and conceive faith just as Paul says faith comes from hearing. But just as the word enters the ear in order to strike our heart, so the right itself strikes the eye, strikes the eye in order to move the heart. The effect of the word and of the right is the same. Uh, Pastor Sell, uh, Pastor Langraft spoke earlier about faith in relation to the sacraments, so I'll ask you now where he brings this up, what is the relationship of faith to the sacraments? and the sacraments to faith.
0: Well, if you don't believe hard enough, you won't be forgiven.
1: Uh, I don't think you mean that. No, I don't.
0: Okay. Uh, but the, the beauty of our Lutheran understanding of faith is that it, it it is totally given by God. It is the pure gift that comes to us. So God plants in our heart faith, and then faith passively receives it's like pouring it's like um it's like faith is the glass and then god pours water of salvation sometimes to living the, image of the empty
1: it. hand exactly. is used
0: and and so faith is purely when it comes to saving Receiving faith it's gift. a purely passive thing that we that we have and so when the the um confessions talk about that kind of faith it is the gift of god that the word of god creates in the heart and then he fills it up with all the good gifts
1: so it goes both ways. The sacraments call for faith to rightly receive them, but because the word is attached to the sacrament, the creative word actually generates and nurtures faith.
0: Right, exactly. So, you got to have a ticket to get into this concert. Yeah, well, here's yeah. the ticket.
1: Now, what does he mean, Pastor Landgraf, here about the right and the word? Tug baptism or the, Lord's Su- or the Lord's Supper, either one of them. There is a right, there's an action, he says, that meets the eye, and then there's a word goes to the ear, and they're both leading in the same direction. How does the physical right, the actions, sort of support or reinforce what is spoken in the word?
2: Well, the way the, the actions are done, and it is in a very gentle and loving way, isn't it? Where you're, you're pouring water on the head in, in baptism. But actually, that's not gentle is it to drown somebody? <laughs>
1: Isn't that what's being be shown in the in the in the act of baptism? I think that's what Luther says under.
0: So, the so what do you do, Charlie? Do you take the back of the head and just push the face down <laughs> in the baptismal font, and some poor little kid? <laughs> no. What uh, what I'm referring to is about,
1: and this is in Holy Baptism as our example uh, in the Catechism, uh, where it talks about what die. does this yeah. baptizing with water indicate or signify. It's talking about a, a being put under the water and coming out of it, isn't it?
0: It's being
2: drowned, drowned and die, uh, and rising with Christ. And, and well, maybe the the picture of the the, the Lord's Supper is is a more uh, uh, supportive picture because we we have these things that are given to us, and we they become part of us, and God c- could come could come in a very powerful way but he's chosen to work in a very gentle way with us
1: so table fellowship being at peace with one another
2: right Yeah, yeah
1: So I and, mean, and the beauty of
0: sacrament of the sacrament of baptism is it is a bloody deadly thing because it does kill mm-hmm. and 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 so it, it's um man we've had a slew of funerals at my congregation and one of the things that when you do that many funerals you see this baptismal theme that runs through the funeral service and it is gorgeous it but it's why because you died already you were you you were drowned in baptism and only the miracle of resurrection got you started to begin with 90 years ago or mm-hmm. whatever and so so there is this re- reality that a very devastating thing has to be done in baptism or buried with Christ to bury the yeah and and really deal with the old adam who hates god who wants to do everything to work against god to want to make sure he rips forgiveness away from you completely and the beauty of baptism is you are there's a drowning that takes place so the death is happening and then the beauty of the gospel message in baptism is the resurrection has already taken place, so now you can get on with your life and rise, at be, uh, go through that baptismal experience every day of your life in your daily resurrected life. So, it's pa- a beautiful, Paul, there beautiful is thing.
1: there is a beautiful, loving aspect right. to baptism too. There's the the putting to death, the burying, the drowning, but then the flip side of that is. Being born yeah. of water and the Spirit. you I, be the nice guy, Paul. I was mean He's in killing people. Cop. You're the good cop. <laughs> Go for it, Landgraf.
2: Well, I just got into a discussion with one of the members at, at Pilgrim this this Sunday. We were talking about the Lord's Supper, where he did not feel like he should be taking the the wafer in his hands. And I said, "That's great. I put it in your mouth. It's it's that receiving a gift. It's not okay. I I'm taking. I'm eating." and i I put it up to my mouth and i eat it but it's just receiving that as gift it's a wonderful picture
1: yeah all right so uh he's talking here about the right and the word the the physical action of of water somebody being put under the water or of receiving uh, in a meal a fellowship meal if you will uh, Christ's body and blood into our body showing that god is redeeming not only our soul but also our bodies by the action of baptism and the Lord's can I, Supper. Can I just say
0: one more thing? The, this beautiful <clears throat> two words of, um, of paragraph four, for Christ's sake. hmm and for Christ's sake is so powerful because it is the power of the work of Christ himself. When mm-hmm. we talk about Christ's sake, it is the work that Jesus came to do. To live that holy life that we totally fail at. To go ahead and go through death itself that we totally would stay in the grave over. Mm-hmm. To then rise from the dead where where we would just have worms eat us up and remain dead. And Christ has done all that. So when we talk, when you hear the words for Christ's sake, it envelops this huge, massive understanding of the conception, birth, entire life of Christ and the forgiveness of sins, the guilt that that he dealt with and the payment for those sins and pours it all in to these wonderful gifts of the sacrament.
1: Excellent. Excellent. That's great. So everything who christ is and everything that christ has done for you dear listener is packed into and delivered in each of these sacraments you get the whole christ you get all of his work of of dying for your sins, atoning for your sins on the cross, of giving you righteousness and resurrection. It's packed into holy baptism and delivered uh, in uh, the Lord's Supper. So this is God's delivery system. I often put the diagram on the board in Catechism class of second article, third article, second article, Christ, the Son of God, born in the flesh. Death on the cross, Jerusalem, AD 30, second article of the creed, the person and work of Christ, and then you standing in St. Louis or Timbuktu in 2018. And how does everything that Christ did for you on the cross in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago get delivered to your address with your name on it? And that is through the means of grace, uh, the word, and the sacraments. That's God's delivery system. Very good. I'm glad you brought that up, Pastor Cell. All right, Uh, let's see here. Oh, we're going on in paragraph five. And he says, uh, it has been well said by Augustine, he was a church father, lived about the year 400. It has been well said by Augustine that a sacrament is a visible word because the rite, R-I-T-E, is received by the eyes and is, as it were, a picture of the word. Illustrating the same thing as the word, the result of both is the same, and so the particular actions in the sacraments of of being drowned in the water and rising up of receiving christ 's body and blood in a sacred meal that these rites are chosen to convey exactly what 's going on in the um, in the sacrament by the power of the word all right, so i'm um, go
0: ahead I, I was going to say and and notice. He equates the word and the right, mm-hmm. if I'm reading this correctly. And you, by all means, correct me if I'm overstating the issue. But it's one of the reasons why the wisdom of the church in her in her experience, so to speak, if we want to, you know, personalize the church as the bride of Christ in her wisdom over the years, she realizes this is really what you need. And it's like the child who really needs to eat the breakfast, the child who really needs a bedtime. The We are the children of God and God really needs. So the church in her wisdom has developed these rights, even though they're not legalistically to be adhered to, but they are wise practices and human Here you have the confessions getting it, saying, well, this is why we retain those rights. We just get rid of the works righteousness. Well,
1: let's make sure we get this clear. Sure. The church didn't develop the rights. Now, we have certain rituals associated with it, but the rights themselves were instituted by Christ. Baptizing, meaning applying the water, and Jesus himself instituted the bread and the cup.
0: Right. But earlier we were making the point, uh, well, you know, uh, maybe what I have in my mind, that's why I said, By all means, correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie, because we do have this understanding of the wisdom of the church as it unfolds, like in uh, Melanchthon's understanding of the word tradition Mm -hmm. and how how the New Testament is the historical tradition of the of the early church, Mm -hmm. not of the early church of Christ and the The apostles. apostles. Right, exactly. And so there was clearly this practice that was already going as it came from god's word itself so Mm -hmm. absolutely so i you know i'm not trying to make an argument you know for the missile yeah (laughs) Uh, but i'm but i am saying the wisdom right away realized there is this is this is a good way to do it
1: and the church from the pages of the new testament carried on what christ himself instituted in Uh, in, uh, the words and action of baptism in the words and action of the so summer. Paul,
0: either you're having a heart attack or I spoke <laughs> heresy. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm Help just, me understand. Yeah, I'm just picturing it how
2: it how it, it's getting heard, and I, I think that we we get a lot of people that have a negative connotation to write. Mm-hmm. It's, it's oh, that's that's uh, command stuff, and that you're you're adding to scripture. No, we're we're not adding to it. J- Jesus wanted to do co- was going to come to you in a different way yes yeah. this, this is this is visible word this is not just oh
0: it's through the ears but it's you can see it you touch it right yeah, right. Yeah. it is it is the it is the wisdom of the people sitting there receiving the gifts it is the whole thing that comes together i i think it's what's what is behind wise habits too mm-hmm. you know when you hear parishioners say you know if i you know, when they get older, they realize, you know, when I don't go to church, something's really missing on Sunday, you know, yeah. or our Saturday night service. And, and again, not to overstate that, but is the wisdom of, hey, this is what we do. And, oh, we didn't do it this week. What happened? And and it's the wisdom of uh, taking the water, putting the water on the kid's head. You yeah. know what I mean? Or uh, however you apply the water.
2: Yeah. Sorry. And you want to do that in a way that doesn't bring attention to yourself. Correct. The, the pastor doesn't. That the that the it's not attention on the child. We want, we want to focus, and we want to do these rites, these 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 details, if you want to call it that, even in a way that focuses on the grace. Mm-hmm.
1: So there's the basic right that Christ commanded and instituted and attached a promise to of applying water. He says, make disciples how by Baptizing them in the name of the Triune of God and teaching them to observe, hold on to, retain all the things I've entrusted to you, such as baptism and the Lord's Supper. And so the church has always done that. Alright, so we're talking about the number of the sacraments. We are agreeing that uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper definitely, and depending on how you define the word sacrament, uh, holy absolution also, which has the command of God instituted by Christ, delivers the forgiveness of sins. That's specifically what it is. So those we can be sure of, of having the command and the promise of forgiveness. Okay, so
0: how did you answer, um, because it is i think it's striking when the confessions say because the right is received by the eyes Mm -hmm. and and as it were a picture of the word um so how do we elaborate on that And, and i guess that's kind of part of what drove me into my little excursus there about the wisdom of rights i think it's the visual
1: it's the visuals the optics that goes that goes with the word um so I say if somebody walked in and and were deaf they would see somebody sort of visually being drowned with water and then coming out to new life Mm -hmm. and they would see somebody receiving a meal being nurtured so it's the birth and the nurturing even the visuals convey what is going on it's more than a visual aid it's more than symbolic in that sense there's something really happening but the action backs up what is actually going on in the sacrament anything else you want to add on that either way okay <laughs> let's go on uh, with at least another paragraph here of what we don't count as sacraments paragraph six um, confirmation and extreme unction are rites received from the fathers the church fathers that not even the church requires as
0: necessary to salvation because they do not have God's command. So I hear all my sixth graders saying, oh, pastor, confirmation isn't necessary. But instruction in the faith is necessary.
1: Oh, oh okay. Oh, and yeah, receiving that's right. the Lord's right. Supper and knowing what you're receiving in the Lord's Supper <laughs> is necessary. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but the right of confirmation, it's not a sacrament, and but the Roman church calls it a sacrament. Uh, they don't have God's command. Therefore, it is useful to distinguish these rites from the former, which have God's direct command and a clear promise of grace. So take either one of these confirmation or extreme unction and tell me why we don't count them as sacraments paul angraf take either one confirmation what is extreme unction
2: well that's uh, the last rites we were talking about that earlier the
1: anointing with oil unction yeah. means applying oil and uh, at the end of life
2: yeah the certainly it's nice to have a a, a pastor there but mm-hmm. um, the person has all the gifts already through baptism in the Lord's Supper and, and has that that wonderful promise.
1: Well, I know we have a commendation of the dying right, rite, R-I-T-E, in exactly. our little pastoral companion, and I've used that. And I know some pastors actually apply oil uh, unction in a prayer for healing coming out of the book of James, but it's not commanded by Christ in the same way as baptism or the Lord's Supper, it's not a sacrament, and then confirmation can be a good thing, it's instruction in the faith, and we're praying for the Holy Spirit on these confirmands, uh, but it is not uh, uh, commanded and required and doesn't uh, deliver uh, the forgiveness of sins in the same way that baptism or the Lord's Supper does. Anything on either of those, gentlemen? Alright, well, uh, the next section is on the priesthood, on ordination, which we could count as a sacrament, depending on how you're defining it. Marriage, which does not deliver the forgiveness of sins, which but actually requires the forgiveness of sins. <laughs> uh, but we're going to save that. <laughs> some of us have some experience with that. Uh, we'll save that for our Father, next forgive program. me for I got married. What? <laughs> You've been listening to Concord Matters here on Worldwide KFUO.